live in Curry County and you use electricity, you're probably a member of the Coos Curry Electric Cooperative, CCEC. CCEC has been providing electricity to its member customers since the 1930s, back when the New Deal's Rural Electrification Act was created to, as its name implies, bring electricity to rural and isolated parts of the country. The plan was to make government money available to private companies who built those power lines, and it worked. According to Wikipedia, the Rural Electrification Act was enacted on May 20, 1936, and provided federal loans for the installation of electrical distribution systems to serve isolated rural areas of the United States. The funding was channeled through cooperative electric power companies, and hundreds of them still exist today. Coos Curry Co-op is one of them, and the Rural Electrification Act is a great example of how a successful public-private partnership can have an impact for a long, long time. Now, of course, today, more than eight decades after the New Deal program was created, the lights are on everywhere in America. But history often repeats itself. And guess what? Rural America is right back where it was during the 1930s, waiting for power. Only this time, it's not electricity rural America is waiting for, it's access to the Internet. And that's why Uncle Sam has created a new public partnership fund, This time, the federal government has allocated more than $20 billion to spend over the next 10 years to connect rural America through its Rural Digital Opportunity Fund, also known as RDOF. It's a huge investment, and like the New Deal project, it's a public-private partnership. The government got things started on November 25, 2020, when more than $9 billion were promised to dozens of telephone companies, cable operators, and electric cooperatives, all of whom have committed to bringing broadband to nearly 6 million hard-to-reach homes. Now, you might think of Coos Curry Electric Co-op as simply your electric company, but the truth is, CCEC and electric cooperatives in general are different than other utility companies. How? Well, an electric company is a regular for-profit business. You're just a customer, they sell the electricity, you buy the electricity. But in an electric co-op, you're not just a customer, you're also a member. And that means you have a say in how that business is run, because electric cooperatives are owned by their members. And there are CCEC members who believe their electric cooperative should stick with what it knows best, which is obviously delivering electricity to its member customers. And that may be because some old-timers remember that at one time, Coos Curry Electric Co-op also tried to become a satellite company. Back in 1987, CCEC attempted to expand beyond providing just electricity and spun off the now-defunct South Coast Satellite Cooperative. Well, now CCEC has stretched outside its core electrical business again, this time by offering broadband services. But this time, the new company, Beacon Broadband, is not another cooperative like South Coast Satellite was. Instead, it's a for-profit business that was created using CCEC's good name and its good credit. And that has some CCEC customers questioning the Beacon Broadband project. In fact, there's a group of members who are asking for a public meeting of the cooperative because they believe the membership was misled. They want transparency and answers from the CCEC Board of Directors. So what's going on with Beacon Broadband? I'm Lori Gallo-Stoddard in the KCIW Newsroom, and this is a special in-depth report. KCIW investigates CCEC and Beacon Broadband. The 
The Internet and connectivity has become an important part of daily life in the 21st century. Even before the COVID pandemic hit, a lot of people were working remotely using the Internet. And during COVID, well, we also relied on the Internet to learn, to exercise, to connect, to reconnect, to learn how to make sourdough bread, and of course, for entertainment. And as a result of COVID, or even before the pandemic, there were cities and counties that recognized how important reliable Internet connectivity was to business. The city of San Pablo several years ago, you know, desired to install municipal broadband. That's Charles Ching. He's the city of San Pablo's assistant city manager. In 2016, San Pablo began a project to bring broadband to its citizens. City-owned uh, broadband facility, you know, putting conduit in and, and fiber optics. And did you expect to make money on this? I mean, it, it seems to me that if the city was putting in broadband... And there's already going, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming there's already cable companies providing that same service. Aren't you in competition with, with the other folks? Um, we were not planning on becoming an Internet service provider. All we wanted was ownership of our infrastructure. Well, we, we see it as, as, as an asset that we own, and we don't see this as, as a business venture for us. This is, this is an asset for the city that we feel will enable us to deliver services better and give better quality of life for the residents and, again, um, attract more businesses through our economic development efforts. So, okay, so what I'm hearing from you is that you are looking at this project much like you would look at developing uh, streets, keeping streets going, making sure that people have a place to to walk from, to drive to. So you're looking, okay, all right, that makes sense. That makes complete sense to me. KCIW is told but cannot confirm that the first business plan for CCEC's Beacon Broadband Project was very similar to the one for San Pablo. And that would make sense because the same person created both of those plans. Paul Reconzone is now the general manager for Beacon Broadband, but he started as a consultant, president of a company called OH Ivy, which was in business for more than a dozen years, did work in multiple states, including, of course, San Pablo, California, and here in Curry County, Oregon. Now again, KCIW understands that CCEC's initial broadband plan may have simply called for the building of the broadband infrastructure, with the understanding that another established Internet provider would provide the actual service, just like the city of San Pablo. But that didn't happen. Instead, Coos Curry Electric Co-op decided to create a new company, Beacon Broadband. Now, according to the Oregon Secretary of State's website, Beacon Broadband is a for-profit company that was created in July of 2020. Beacon Broadband General Manager, Paul Reconzone. If I can explain uh, the, um, the for-profit wholly-owned subsidiary of Coos Curry Electric Cooperative, uh, that's an, an incredibly important question that gets asked quite frequently. And if you could help us to share the answer to that question, that would be fantastic. Because we looked at three different models. There were a bunch of different models we looked at, but we looked seriously at three different models. We looked at doing Beacon Broadband as a cooperative. We looked at doing Beacon Broadband as a division of Coos Curry Electric Cooperative. And we looked at doing Beacon Broadband as a for-profit subsidiary. We 
rejected doing Beacon Broadband as a division of Coos Courier Electric Cooperative because the larger our footprint, the better we have, the better chance we have to succeed. And but Coos in, Courier, doing, go in ahead. doing a larger footprint, though, Paul, aren't you serving folks that are outside of the CCEC territory? We are. And so if we were yeah, a nonprofit, I, I, or if we were a cooperative, rather, then the revenues generated by the project would return to all of the subscribers of the project, not just to Coos Courier Electric Cooperative. So that's why we rejected doing this as a cooperative. I don't, I don't understand what you're saying. I, so I, I'm, it, I'm not trying yeah. to be difficult. I genuinely don't no, understand that's fine. what you're saying. So, so the, first, the first model we looked at, should we do it as a division of Coos Courier Electric Cooperative? We said, no, we shouldn't because we do want to serve outside of the Coos Courier Electric Cooperative territory. We recognized then that Coos Courier Electric Cooperative was going to be taking on the risk to build outside of its uh, geographic territory. If we built it as a cooperative, the cooperative members, which would be the subscribers to Beacon Broadband, not just the Coos Courier Electric members, but also all the people outside, would receive their capital credits. To use the language why, of the why, why would that why would that be a bad thing? Why wouldn't I mean it just it seems to me that CCEC yeah. runs pretty well and the, we get the capital credit right. back. So the reason that we didn't want to do that was because Coos Cray Electric Cooperative is taking on the financial risk and the financial reward would have inured to non members, uh, not not members of Coos Cray Electric Cooperative. They would inure to all of the, benef the beneficiaries would have been all of the members of Beacon Broadband, many of whom had no stake in the financial risk. Okay, but you're still going to be bringing broadband to those people who don't have any stake in the financial risk. That's correct. And we're going to be successful. And when we are successful, because we are a wholly owned subsidiary of Coos Curry Electric uh, Cooperative, 100% of our profits go to our owner, who is Coos Curry Electric Cooperative. So those subscribers to Beacon Broadband who are outside of the Coos Curry Electric Cooperative footprint do not get capital credits. They do not get a share in the profit from Beacon Broadband. Only Coos Curry Electric Cooperative does. That was Beacon Broadband General Manager Paul Reconzone. Here's CCEC President and CEO Brent Bischoff. There's a specific reason that we, uh, that Beacon Broadband was organized as a wholly owned subsidiary. Uh, and, you know, we can, we can tag on for profit. It's just part of the business structure. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that, um, that Beacon Broadband is, is designed to create profit and and provide it because if they do provide it it it's provided to Coos Curry Electric and it it rolls back to the membership uh and and yes there's risk associated with that but uh, getting back to the reason for organizing as a wholly owned subsidiary had we uh kept Coos Curry or Beacon Broadband or our broadband service uh, as a division of Coos Curry Electric, we would not have been able to legally provide service outside of Coos Curry Electric service territory. That's really important, and that's something CCEC members might not have known. 
The expansion of the CCEC footprint is key to the success of the Beacon Broadband Project. Why? Well, remember Uncle Sam's $20 billion Rural Digital Opportunity Fund? Those dollars are available to build broadband to -to hard-to-reach homes like the ones in rural Coos and Curry counties. But it looks like, and we cannot confirm because we haven't seen a business plan, that the project wouldn't make financial sense without adding customers outside of CCEC's existing service area. And we're not sure why Coos Curry Electric Cooperative chose not to partner with an existing internet provider like the city of San Pablo did and instead decided to create a new, standalone company. Again, Beacon Broadband General Manager Paul Reconzone. I can't find a business plan for Beacon Broadband. Can you send me one? So we have a lot of proprietary information in our business plan. I'm happy to have you black out anything you need to black out. I will work with with Brent Bischoff, who's my boss, uh, and we'll put together something that uh, we believe would cover our proprietary information. That'd be great. I'd also really appreciate, I know that there were several surveys done, and I would really appreciate a copy of those surveys. I know that they started, I, I, I want to say even 2017, there might have been one done. Um, so there are two or three surveys that were done, and I would be really interested to see what the questions are on those surveys and what the results were. So I'm perfectly comfortable sharing the questions. Uh, the results would be a huge benefit to our competitors, and so we have not uh, we have not shared the detail of the results. We have shared many of the uh, summaries of the results. Well, I, thank you, and I would really appreciate seeing the 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 questions. That would be that that would be super helpful because you know I want to do a complete um, a complete story. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Some of the things that I've seen, some of the information that I've seen, basically says that in the survey, what, or in one of the surveys, um, which was um, reinforced by subsequent surveys, is that the, there are about 20% of the folks here in the CCEC footprint who don't have access to um, good broadband. And Correct. so that's why uh, CCEC went ahead to um, start this project. To, to basically be altruistic, be like your grandpa, um, bring, bring the 21st century to folks who don't have it yet. Now, mind question, you, that's within the parameters of and don't lose money doing it. <laughs> that's, that's what people are worried about, Paul. Now, you should know Beacon Broadband is an expensive project. We know that CCEC and Beacon Broadband executives have used Coos Curry Electric Co-op's credit to secure at least one $60 million line of credit loan, but it's not clear what the final cost of the project will be. CCEC Chief Brent Bischoff has stated publicly that the project won't cost members more than $60 million, but that's not necessarily the bottom line because that $60 million number doesn't include any grants or federal funding. In fact, KCIW has discovered at least one grant from the state of Oregon's Rural Funding Initiative to Beacon Broadband for $20 million, and we know that Uncle Sam's Ardoff funding will add another $14 million over the next 10 years. But we don't know if the government dollars are going to be spent in addition to or against that $60 million line of credit. There was another line of credit. This one, we're told, was for $12 million and was retired, and we're not sure about capital credits money from Coos Curry Electric Cooperative, which may have been paid to Beacon Broadband. 
And although we have asked for it, we have not seen a business plan, so we have no idea what the final numbers are. We simply don't know the cost of the Beacon Broadband project, its financial risks, or its benefits. But Beacon Broadband General Manager Paul Reconzone says the final cost will come to more than $60 million. Uh, ARDOF is an operational subsidy. They don't care how much it costs us. They're going to give us this money month after month for, for 10 years, uh, okay. $1.4 million a year. Um, and, and the obligation that we have to get that is that we do have to put forth the capital expenditures to build the network. Okay. So, and we are so, engaged in finding additional, not just loans, but we're finding additional grants and other things that help us to be able to build sure. that. But what you're saying is that you believe it's going to cost $60 million to build out the footprint. And um, that will service more than just the CCE folks. It will service beyond our, our I, I guess, electrical footprint. That's correct. Um, and that's going to be $60 million. That is the, that is a correct, just a small correction on the $60 million as well. Uh, it's probably going to cost us a little bit more than $60 million. Uh, the maximum borrowing capacity that Coos Curry Electric Cooperative granted to Beacon Broadband when Beacon Broadband was formed was $60 million. So we well, have no we have no means to borrow more than that. But again, that sixty million dollar number could be less than the actual cost of the Beacon Broadband project. We do know the project will mean installing about fourteen hundred miles of fiber over some pretty rough terrain. Initially, that was expected to take about two and a half years, but revised estimates show we're probably looking at more like four to six years before completion. It's hard to know what the expectations are or what the plan is for Beacon Broadband because very little substantive information has been released. And what we do know has been cobbled together after months of research and multiple interviews. Here's what we found out. CCEC did two feasibility studies as well as several other informal and what they call statistically accurate studies between 2017 and 2020 as well as a pre-registration program, and we understand that about 15% of the CCEC membership signed up. We're told those surveys showed 15-20% to 20 of CCEC customers don't have internet, and another 20-25% to 25 who did have internet would be willing to switch providers. KCIW has asked for but has been refused copies of those surveys, but we were given a copy of the survey questions which were asked in 2018 by DHM Research. The purpose of that survey was to find out if CCEC members would be interested in broadband service offered by the cooperative. And here's an example question. If affordable, fast, reliable Internet services might be offered in association with Coos Curry Electric Cooperative via a new fiber-to-the-home network, how likely would you be to switch to one of these services if it became available at your home? Notice that the question about broadband services was offered in association with CCEC, and that's an important point to remember, because although folks responding to the survey may have believed that CCEC was going to be providing broadband through its cooperative, that didn't happen. Instead, CCEC developed a business plan and organized Beacon Broadband Incorporated as a wholly owned subsidiary 
with Paul Reconzone at its head. Remember, Reconzone is a former consultant with more than a dozen years of experience working with government agencies, and he knew all about the huge $20 billion Rural Digital Opportunity Fund. In fact, in its application to Ardoff, the company says, quoting in part here, Beacon Broadband's business was conditioned on receipt of sufficient funding from the Ardoff auction. So from the beginning, it was understood by CCEC and Beacon Broadband executives that Ardoff dollars, federal grants, were a cornerstone of its business plan. You're listening to a special in-depth report, KCIW Investigates, CCEC and Beacon Broadband. I'm Lori Gallo-Stoddard in the KCIW Newsroom, and we remind you that KCIW is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on you and your donations to keep going. So listen over the air or listen online. You can find KCIW at 100.7 on your radio dial or at kciw.org on your computer. You'll find community newsmakers as well as information, entertainment, and programs like the one you're listening to now. So if you can, donate or volunteer at KCIW. You can find out all about us at KCIW.org. Ardoff, the Rural Digital Opportunity Fund, contains more than $20 billion money that's to be used explicitly for building a broadband network to connect rural America. That money will be released over a 10-year period, and it distributes the money to winners of a reverse auction process. It's a little bit like that old game show, Name That Tune. The government says, here's an area, a census block that needs broadband, and companies bid on that area, citing what it would cost to build out broadband and connect each of those census blocks. Along the southern Oregon coast, there are already several cable providers. So Beacon Broadband could be bidding against any or all of them at Ardoff auctions because Zipply Fiber, Spectrum Cable, and Starlink, among many others, are also competing for those Ardoff dollars. Bottom line, the government chooses the organization that says it can do the work, and in 2020, Beacon Broadband was awarded $14 million to build connections to about two dozen census blocks. But you may not know that a lot of that work will happen outside of the Coos Curry Electric Co-op's footprint. That's in part because KCIW has been told but cannot confirm that in the original business plan, Beacon Broadband wasn't expected to be profitable unless it used Ardoff funds, and it wouldn't have qualified for what it calls sufficient Ardoff funding if it didn't add in those additional rural areas to build its network. Beacon GM Paul Reconzone told KCIW in an email, quoting here, To clarify, one reason Beacon Broadband serves areas outside of the CCEC service territory is to improve the financial performance of the broadband project. There are fixed costs that must be sustained, and the larger the footprint we can spread those fixed costs, the more likely project success is. Beacon Broadband General Manager Paul Reconzone. I believe that people want broadband service, as per the beginning of our conversation. Uh, and whether it's the huge big speeds, uh, there is a, a, a driving hunger for speeds above 10 megabits per second. That driving hunger is demonstrated by the fact that more than 2,000 people have sent us a $50 pre-registration fee 
initially I'm just on the hope that we would I, build. No, and I'm now, one of them, and I'll, yeah. tell you, I'll tell you why I sent it. Um, I thought that it was going to be part of the co-op. I thought that I was going to be getting, uh, that it was just going to be CCEC, and it was just going to be offering, besides my electricity, it would be offering me broadband. And that it would be part of the co-op, and that's why I that's why I paid the fifty bucks. Right. That was my understanding. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm so, not alone. There are a lot of other yeah. people who thought the same thing. So when so when help it me turned under, into how, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, so when it's turned into a, a for-profit business, and and it seems um, because of the because of the whole Georgia Cockerham thing that something is being hidden. Um, that's why I'm I'm that's why I'm curious. Yeah. So, I mean, if we were limited, uh, even at 20,000 addresses, which which is what we're scheduled to pass right now, Mm -hmm. uh, that's a pretty tight market. We want to have as big of a possible market to serve as we can get to, because the more addresses we can pass, the more subscribers we can have, uh, the more opportunity we have to increase our ARPU, our average revenue per user, and the more opportunity we have to uh, uh, to build uh, just a, uh, an overwhelming sense of success, which attracts more customers. All, so all why, good and all wonderful, so, but so, but you're but CCEC delivers electricity, and so CCEC this is a whole new business. It's a whole this new is. part of what you're doing. It absolutely and is. It's being funded by me. I'm I'm part of that funding. So I I and and. You know, I, I'm saying me because I've got mm-hmm. people calling me. Um, so that's why there's skepticism, I guess, questions, and especially because of what George is saying. George is saying that it's going to cost a lot more, that we weren't given um, information. Georgia Cockerham is an elected member of the Coos Curry Electric Co-op Board. She believes that the Beacon Broadband Project was not clearly explained to the members of CCEC and she asked the board to pass several motions to create more transparency to the cooperative's members about the Beacon Broadband Project and its funding and for member participation in meetings. But those motions were voted down. Cockerham also paid for a newspaper ad outlining 11 reasons for her concerns about the Beacon Broadband Project. And as a result, Georgia Cockerham was censured and stripped of her leadership roles by the Coos Curry Electric Co-op's board of directors. Um, I'm looking at, I've, I've looked at, again, minutes um, from some of the meetings, and, you know, she asked for things like, can people come in and talk to the board? No, they can't. Um, can, we t- can we let people know that there have been costs um, uh, associated with this? No, we can't. So it just, I, I'm feeling a little bit frustrated, and I don't, and I don't want to be, um, but I, I'm, I'm just trying to, I want you to reassure me, I guess. Yeah. So there are obviously costs associated with starting a new business and building a fiber optic network. Unquestionably costs associated with it. Uh, Beacon Broadband is responsible for those costs. Coos Curry Electric Cooperative is only responsible in the event that Beacon Broadband cannot pay them. And so only in the event of a failure of this business is Coos Curry Electric Cooperative responsible for Beacon Broadband financial uh, burden. We are not borrowing money from the cooperative. We are borrowing money from an organization called CoBank, and CoBank is one of the largest lenders 
to telecommunications projects in the United States of America. Uh, we have a commitment from CoBank to uh, lend us up to the $60 million that we're approved to borrow, so we're at no risk of having our capital funding cut off from us. Uh, and we have uh, what I believe is a fairly conservative business model that shows that in year 13, we pay off our, uh, we, we reach break even, that we have okay. our debt service covered. If we, if we dedicate all of our profit, which normally you don't do that with a business, we're not going to dedicate right. all of our profit towards debt repayment. But if we were to dedicate all of our profit to debt repayment, we would reach repayment in year 13. Coos Curry Electric CEO Brent Bischoff says he believes in CCEC's commitment to bringing broadband to rural Oregon and that the board did its homework before pulling the trigger on the Beacon Broadband project. But you did say that um, you went to all of these places, you talked to all of these folks, you learned that electric co-ops are really well positioned, you hired Paul to do a business plan. Where's the business plan? Can I take a look at the business plan? Can You, you talk about you know the, the good feelings with the, the cooperative members. Yep. There are some members who are feeling like they're in the dark right now because they haven't seen things and they're and they're watching one of their um, board members get censured and silenced. And the the questions that I would have, you know, what are the risks? Who was surveyed? Um, you know, I know that the bylaws were changed and I know that there's a group that's trying to get a petition so that they can ask those questions and that they were turned down at the at the last meeting. Uh, sure, uh, we can talk about some of that stuff. I'd be happy to chat uh, with you about that. You know, uh, at our June 2022 uh, annual meeting of the Coos Curry Electric membership, uh, we gave a, a comprehensive overview of uh, the, the Coos Curry Electric and Beacon Broadband financials, uh, audited financials from 2021, which Beacon Broadband was just getting a start at that point. Uh, we provided a, a thorough overview of, of the history of Beacon Broadband and Coos Curry Electric's uh, studies and, and work in uh, getting us to that point of the board making a decision to move forward with the broadband project. And, uh, and then we provided the status update, and we'll, we'll provide that uh, same status update uh, to the membership in 2023 when we have our annual meeting. And in the meantime, the, uh, the members of the board elected to, uh, to conduct the, the business and the governance of Coos Curry Electric Cooperative and Beacon Broadband, uh, have their, their hand on the wheel and are, are carefully managing the project, uh, from, from that board perspective. Um, and uh, you know, as you mentioned, Director Cockerham was uh, was reelected. Uh, there were two other uh, directors reelected at the same time, uh, and and so you know, I I, I can't speak to um, uh, to to the feelings or concerns of those members that you mentioned. I I certainly don't want to uh, ex extrapolate and. Though I've spoken to to many of them, I've spoken to uh, anyone who's reached out to me and expressed concern. Uh, 
Um, we've had uh, a number of those members have come into our uh, Cushcray Electric board meetings and, and spoken with the board and uh, and, and interacted. And so uh, I, I certainly recognize that there are questions out there. And at the same time, we have uh, we have a, a, an even a much much larger uh, contingent of our membership who is is calling and asking the questions on a regular basis. Uh, when is when is Beacon Broadband going to be available to me? Because I I really need it and I'm really excited about it. Um, we well, one, I'm not. We I, one yeah, member. I don't. I don't question yeah. that, and I I like. I, I I will repeat to you. I like that you guys are doing this. I think it's wonderful to be doing it. But mm-hmm. but but you guys are a co-op. And there are members, and peop, the peop, the membership basically owns the co-op. So my question to you again is just going to be uh, about the financials. You said that it's going to be sixty million dollars. Well, sixty million dollars at fifty-five dollars a a person—that's um, that, a lot of people that you have to get in order to make up that sixty million dollars. So I think that that's what people are. So we, we anticipate the business, the business plan demonstrates that uh, that by the end of our build out uh, phase, that we anticipate uh, between uh, eight to ten thousand uh, customers, and that the the, the project will, uh, in, in a period of time, uh, short period of time, within a period of a year or two after. Um, if not before the end of the build out will be cash flow positive and uh, and that will have an, a return on investment um, in in the ten to twelve year time period and we 're building an asset that is a um, you know according to the to the lenders it 's a thirty year asset but the reality is it 's a fifty to seventy year asset and so uh, we are we are looking at this as a as a long term investment, and it's it's um, that's one of the things that I understand in talking with some of our members who express these concerns is that they're looking at it from the perspective of the uh, the investor owned utilities that are looking for an ROI you know on the order of three to five years, and that's not our business model. Uh, our our intention is to do it in an affordable way. Uh, and, and from the beginning, the directors have set the the uh, the the sideboard or the uh, the guidance to staff that we will we will not use electric rates to subsidize the broadband project. That it has to be a self-sustaining project, and so that's uh, that's the premise that we are and the direction that we are operating under, and that's uh, that's how Beacon Broadband operates today and will into the future. All of which is positive, all of which is wonderful, all of which I think if you just let people see what you're talking about would make any kind of um, challenge to what you're doing go away. So my question again is, can I see your business plan? Can I get copies of the well, survey? I, I, I hope you can, I hope you can ex- uh, understand uh, that unlike the electric utility, uh, our, our broadband project operates in a uh, competitive environment, and as such, uh, we we do need to uh, be mindful of that. And so, we are careful as to what business information uh, we consider uh, business confidential and want to keep out of the hands of 
uh, of our competitors who won't hesitate to use that against us. Now, you should know that as a cooperative member owner, you have rights. But even though you have a say in how your co-op is run, CCEC Board of Director meetings are closed to the public. And interestingly, CCEC Board meetings are also closed to the media. Now, Oregon has explicit rules when it comes to elected boards and secret meetings. The state's public meetings law was enacted in 1973, and even though the CCEC Board of Directors is an elected board, the co-op is legally a private body. So legally, it isn't bound by law to open its meetings to the public or to the media. And according to the CCEC website, quoting here, Coos Curry Electric is governed by a member-elected board of directors. The board, which meets monthly, is responsible for setting policy, overseeing our financials, and planning for our future. So members elect representatives to make important decisions about how they want the company to be run, and at CCEC, there are seven board members who are elected in staggered years each serving a multi-year term. And every board member is paid a stipend for their service. KCIW has been told that it comes to about $10,000 a year for travel and other expenses. Georgia Cockerham was first elected to the CCEC board in 2013, and she was re-elected to her position in June of 2022. But remember, she had been censured and silenced by the CCEC board of directors after she wrote about what she believed was a lack of transparency about Beacon Broadband. And even though CCEC and Beacon Broadband board meetings have been, for the most part, closed to the public, CCEC members are welcome once a year to voice their opinions to the membership and to the board. In fact, the CCEC bylaws call for a yearly meeting open to the entire membership. And at the annual meeting in June of 2022, members made several motions. They moved and seconded that Cockerham be reinstated to her previous board positions for an audit of Beacon Broadband And they moved that CCEC board meetings be open to members without restriction. But those motions, which were made by members, not board members, were tabled for consideration. They were not voted on that day. Instead, those motions were voted on at the next CCEC board meeting, and none passed. And that prompted a group to circulate a petition. Member Lynn Coker says they want to force another open meeting of CCEC members. What do you hope to achieve? I suggest to you that you don't know enough, and as good as I may think I am, I'm sure I don't know enough to come up with specific recommendations on how to fix this problem. But I am certain in my head and my heart that we will be able to do that, working cooperatively between the members and the board, if we have transparency, we have board accountability, and we have member control through the assigned democratic processes of the co-op. So one of the things that um, General Manager Reconzone and CEO Bischoff have said about Beacon Broadband is that it is the altruistic thing to do, that uh, just like back in the 30s with the Rural Electrification Act, um, this is something that we need to do for the future. Do you have a response to that? We don't see the reality of them being able to protect the members If the dominant reason for going to market with this massive infrastructure program is altruism, we don't see anything that suggests that this entire undertaking has been put together with an intent 
on doing anything but losing money. Now, if they were a foundation and they were seeking funding, that's that's a different equation. But this has been pitched to the members as a commercial undertaking and that we would be protected from any risks associated with its downfall. We don't see it as a commercial operation. We don't think that they've got a plan in order to that will actually produce a positive net income out of it once they get operational. And we think they are doing a very poor job of sheltering the members from risk. This thing is absolutely a hemorrhage of gargantuan proportions of money. And the only way it can survive is not going to be because they have a lot of clients. It's not going to succeed because they because Beacon Broadband is able to go out there and charge twice or three times what the competition is going to charge. It's only going to survive if there are federal and state grants in the, I'm going to say, 100 to $150 million minimum in order for this thing to be deployed correctly. So what do we do? I mean, what's the... What's the at this point, the horses are out of the barn. So what do we do, Lynn? Well, one of the specific recommendations that we've done is we've said that in, to advance the cause for uh, enhancing transparency, for creating greater board accountability to the members, and for giving greater control through the democratic processes to members, one of the things we've said is that we need to have a special member meeting. And that's the purpose of our petition is that we believe that we need to sit down as a member organization with our our board and put the facts on the table from the board side and the concerns from the member side and hammer out what is a, a, a successful path that will have the milestones that members can understand and they can uh, uh, measure and hold the board accountable to in order to keep the boat moving forward. The other thing that we're asking for, uh, along with the special meeting, is what's called a project audit. Now, there are lots of kinds of audits, tax audits, uh, annual audits, operating audits. We're asking for a project audit. Uh, they're, They're not inconsequential, but they look from stem to stern relative to infrastructure build out projects such as what Beacon Broadband is attempting to do. So a project audit would then be delivered to both the board and to the members. And we would then have an opportunity to go back through that based on the recommendations of the consultants in order to help set the ship right. If you uh, wave your magic wand, what would you want to happen with Beacon Broadband? Um, The special member meeting is something that I think is critical. Uh, I think the transparency, the board accountability, and the member control, those are essential items. And I think the uh, the project audit is absolutely essential. Those are um, pillars to the real success for our CCEC. Whether they bring along Beacon Broadband or they sell it off, that's yet to be determined. But at least those five things are really very, very important to the members at this point. Meanwhile, the project is underway. Beacon Broadband broke ground in April of 2021 and is now actively soliciting new customers. That's Vice President of Marketing Bill Gursky's job. So talk to me about your metrics. 
how how what are how many customers do you need to become profitable? I know that the the companies you know spent an awful lot of money, but you you're going to have to have as in advertising and marketing, I'm sure you're going to have some metrics that you need to meet. So how many folks do you need to sign up by when and what are you hoping well, to get? I, that's a great question. I guess the goal now is to build the system out within four to five years. And that's approximately about, you know, you're looking at 14,000 homes that are within the Coos Curry area. And then there's about 6,000 homes around, is it Langlois? Am I pronouncing it right? Mm-hmm. Langlois and outside Bandon and Powers. So there's about 6,000 homes that will be built out in those areas and we'll be able, that gives us a total of about 20,000 homes, and we'd like to have that built within the next four to five years. So we should add approximately about 2,000 homes per year based on about 35 to 40% penetration. And what, what's the pricing? The, uh, the pricing is basically you, you're, you're getting three different packages, which is your 500 megabits per second, which is symmetrical, which means it's the same speed up and down, that's only $55 a month. Then you're getting one gig, which is 1,000 megabits symmetrical up and down for $85 a month. And you're getting two gig, 2,000 megabits per second up and down for $120 a month. And our phone service is only $15 a month. And Unlimited phone local and long distance. Unlimited local. local and long distance in the continental U.S. Is it? Is it a landline or is it a cell? It's a VoIP call. It's used through the Internet. So it just plugs into our Internet, and it's a voice-over-Internet protocol type phone. So in essence, it is a landline in essence. But through Wi-Fi, you're going to get much better coverage off of your cell phone too. So once you use your cell phone, you can tie into our Wi-Fi, and between the 500, 1 gig, and 2 gig, you should get much better Wi-Fi signal coverage throughout your house. And um, talk to me about the differences in between a 500 and a 2 gig um, product. Well, your 500. I mean, I'm at home. I'm, I'm watching. I'm watching Netflix. I'm, you know, I'm average Joe and Betty six packer, Joe and Betty wine cooler, and I'm sitting at home and I'm using your product to basically to stream and watch TV or, or stream. Um, Correct. What's, what's the difference between the 500 and the 2 gig? Besides the well, money, I, well, <laughs> besides the, the 500, price. <laughs> of, course, yeah, of course. So 500 is 500 megabits per second, both up and down. Now, the typical home out there right now is probably, if you're getting like Spectrum or something like that, you're probably only getting 20 to 100 megabits per second. And it's probably a lot of buffering and such like that. So 500 megabits, if you were to, um, the way I would best describe it, if, if Lori was living at home and you worked a lot and you're doing articles and you're doing everything, you come home and you do your email and you upload a couple of different things and you're not too busy, but you need your internet, that's 500 megabits per second. That's going to more than suffice you. Now you have a husband and he's doing his business from, you're doing work from home. And you've got uh, the average home in America right now has 25 working devices. That's the average. I, uh, I, I, I read that, Bill, and I just find that really hard to believe. I yeah. mean, I'm, I'm looking that's at my house. That's according to so, Deloitte. 
Yeah, you know Deloitte is that's uh, I know Deloitte's Deloitte, numbers. Yeah. That's their numbers, 25 um devices per home. So if it's you and your husband and you guys are working and you're doing your stuff and he's he or you have to upload your stuff, you're probably looking at 1 gig. Now, let's say you got 3 or 4 kids and they all have their laptops and they all have their Xboxes <clears throat> and you have four or five TV sets around the house and they're all streaming your stuff. And then you've got your doorbells and you've got your ring doorbells and you've got, you, so now you're up to 40, 50 devices that are in the house. You possibly might want to gig. You're working from home. You've got all the stuff. It's a, it's, it's out there. It's available. You know, I mean, it's easy for us to provide it. Well, you said you've mentioned a couple of times. You've mentioned video. Tell me what you mean by video. Are you going to be? Are you going to start? We're offering. Uh, we're going to be offering a streaming video service, so that has all the channels similar to similar to YouTube TV. Only it's going to be a streaming video service that we will offer. Gursky says he hopes to take customers from both Spectrum and Zipli, and says that within the next six years, Beacon Broadband will be in about half of the homes in this area. And it's important to point out that Beacon Broadband will serve folks both inside and outside of the CCEC footprint. So the bottom line is this. The Coos Curry Electric Cooperative has created a new for-profit company called Beacon Broadband. Beacon Broadband is partially funded by a $60 million loan from CCEC, as well as at least $14 million in ARDOF funding, another possible $20 million in state funding, as well as possible capital funding from CCEC. CCEC and Beacon Broadband executives have said publicly that the project won't be successful without what it calls sufficient RDOF funds or without expanding its geographical footprint. That means unless there are Beacon Broadband customers who are not CCEC customers, the project won't pencil out. And with the CCEC board of directors effectively silencing the only elected official who questioned the project, and with the board also seeming to close the door on any discussion, or explanation of its decisions regarding the financial implications of Beacon Broadband to CCEC and to its membership, the members of Coos Curry Electric Cooperative simply don't know what the ramifications of Beacon Broadband could be. The bottom line is this. If it's successful, will it affect your electric or broadband rates? And if it's not, what will Beacon Broadband cost you? This has been a special in-depth report, KCIW Investigates, CCEC and Beacon Broadband. I'm Lori Gallo-Stoddard in the KCIW Newsroom. For all of us at KCIW, thank you for listening and thank you for supporting KCIW. We're always looking for new volunteers and open wallets. Find out more at KCIW.org.